now it's the Frenchman Yannick Bertrand through the S-turn Yannick Bertrand to the groin for Yannick Bertrand and you could hear it and if you're a man you could feel it wow watch this again oh the Frenchman oh monsieur wow the boys took a beating on that one mm. that guy needs a hug those are the moments that change your life if you're a man I tell you what Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and our boa constrictor, Chris Baldino. Welcome back to Leonard's Laser Show. Welcome back to PGA Fantasy Golf. It is I, Leo Leonard Rodriguez from Leonard's Lair. With me today, I have the slice from the Skull in the Slice, one of the Tandem Bike members, my brother, Jason Rodriguez. Well, hello, hello. And hold on. Boa constrictor or what? what oh, I, I'm just trying. So I do alliteration, right, with the bees, right? Oh, okay, good, good, good. And then, and then also this week, we, you, as you know, we're going to Innisbrook, the Snake Pit. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, love it. Okay, good, I, good, good. And there's so many, only so many Italian foods I could like <laughs> drop on, like beef bolognese, Baldino, Chef Boyardee, Baldino, like the burrata. Go, go with a little burrata ball. That's a good one. That's a little too healthy for him, but burrata ball, you know, that's not bad. Um, yeah, so we are back. We are recording again. We had the week off last week for the Zurich uh, because of team event format. We'll get into that later. Um, we are very much in the midst of the Masters hangover. Uh, obviously, everyone uh, goes from six to midnight for the Masters for Augusta. And now the events after the Masters are, are definitely a bit of a letdown. The money still counts, though. The greenbacks are still counted the same at the end of the season for your rankings. So all of this matters. The RBC... Obviously, at Heritage a couple weeks ago, uh, at Harbortown, uh, Zurich uh, was this past week, the team event, but that was not part of our standings. And then this week, we go to Innisbrook uh, for the Valspar. Uh, Before we get into all that, obviously, we need to talk about what's in front of us. Jason, what are you drinking? Yes, yes. So, I decided to give uh, Bud Light Seltzer a little redemption. Uh, No, it is not a daiquiri. That I'm saving for, hopefully, the day that you will come to my house and Drew will be here uh, so that I can save the last two for the two of you. Today right. I'm going with a mango Mai Tai. I may have had this on one of the other ones, but let's just uh, it's go not in bad. and give it. I actually had one of those yesterday. It's not bad. Ooh, nice there guy. you go. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sip on that and happy Monday. All right. Uh, I What about you? Ha- I have a, a main, main beer company. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's called my New York Yankees of, of breweries, my favorite. Um, up from Freeport, Maine. This is their spring um, IPA. It is it is a bottle, so you're going to hear the, the clank rather than the, the crisp. Do you think they'll ever... Ooh, that sounds good. Do you think they'll ever go cans? They've, they've always been bottles, but... I think oh, it's... Oh, some... and the glass? Are we pouring it into the oh, glass? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yes, we are. Oh, yes. Oh, you hear that? Oh, that's a beaut. What, what was the thing you usually say for our what listeners? For ASMR listeners. What does that stand for? Uh, ASMR. Uh, that's a good question. Hold on <laughs> one second. Uh, ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. Ah. Sometimes Autosensory Meridian Response 
It's a tingling sensation that typically begins on the scalp and moves down to the back of the neck, usually caused by pleasant sounds. I can feel it in my plums. Exactly. Down in your plums. Down in your... <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um, let's just jump right into it. So uh, we actually have one event to cover, or two events to cover. One of them actually counted towards our standings. Uh, the first one, the RBC Heritage. First, I need to start off by apologizing to Ian the Snake Chasler. I should have had him on as a expert guest for that podcast, uh, considering his number of times he's been there. Uh, I tried to ask him, uh, you know, over the work chats, and I, he was, I think he said plus minus a dozen times. Um, <laughs> but he also will, will not go back until it's fun again. Um, and obviously with COVID, everything's a bit more constricted and restricted. So, um, uh, he's having a kid in, in T minus two months, so we'll see, or month month and a change, so we'll see if he ever gets back there. But um, I do owe him an apology for not having one. I owe him an apology also for, for for forgetting the name of the jacket. The name of the jacket is the Tartan jacket. Um, so again, my bad, Chaz. Next year, bookmark it. You're you're going to be on. Um, really quick to the event itself, uh, Stuart Sink obviously walked away with it. Our 47-year-old winner with his son Reagan on the bag. Uh, if you didn't know that his son was the caddy, I don't know what rock you were living under or what cave you were in because they covered it so much it was almost making me nauseous. Um, did you get to catch any of it, Jay? Or so I did. And apologies before my headset went in and out, so you might have heard me say may have lost you there, but. I did catch it. I caught the I caught the um, final day mainly because Drew and I put a little bit of some entertainment purposes on Connors and uh, the mullet himself. Where the mullet started off hot, both of them I think were heading into Saturday one and two, and then the mullet just collapsed on Saturday. It really well on Sunday, um, Cam Smith, and then uh, Connors just couldn't couldn't bring it together same thing on saturday so i caught a little bit of it and I, I mentioned it i think to a couple people question on the caddy so as you saw uh sink had his son out but he also had his other son fly in from he said like wyoming or montana some bougie some bougie place yeah and he's there all happy like yay we did it but if i'm the other son am i upset that my brother just got 10% of winnings and I got nothing? Like, do you think he gets like, anything? Yeah, so it's funny you say that, whether or not, because uh, the, the No Laying Up guys talked about this, and um, whether or not he gets the actual 10% or not, what's the arrangement between father and son? Um, also, from a tax shelter purposes, Jason, you should obviously know this as a financial wealth advisor. Um, you know, there's, there's an amount that you could actually gift to your children per year uh, that that is not you know is tax exempt. Yes. Um, that I amount mean, is that that amount is de minimis. I think it's like fifteen thousand now. Fifteen so, grand he can front load it, but at the same time, it all goes to his lifetime gifts exemption. But that means if he needs to make more than twenty, right now it's like twenty. What is it? Twenty two and change. Twenty three million, which he probably has throughout his career. So yeah. So so oh, th this event alone probably you know I think it's, I'm probably a little higher, but like if you make if Stuart Sick made two million dollars, that means you know he's looking at the two hundred thousand for for Reagan, and you know that's going to take you uh, ten plus years for you to pay in gift form. So that's not going to work. Um, I but did does it not count as a salary? Can can this count as like a actual like it's his profession? So can this count as his uh, basically some kind of income flow instead of a gift? Just yeah, no, no. 
No, no, no. I mean, yeah, then that's taxable. I was saying if you wanted to get around. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But, um, yeah, no, you could definitely pay him as a normal caddy. I, I'm, I'm sure the relationship is not one in which where he's actually walking with 10%, like, you know, like Greller or Scovy or some of the other, like, you know, big-name caddies would get. Um, I don't know what it is. It's weird. I saw. I, I also saw the end um, when Sink walked off the green and he was greeted by his family and he was greeted by that other son that you mentioned. And there was this really awkward um, exchange there. It's like, you know, the last time I won one of these, uh, you know, because Stuart Sick has now won the RBC Heritage three times. So the last time he won the RBC Heritage, he said something like, you know, um, you know, you weren't here, or you were just you were just a kid. And I, and when he won earlier this year, the, the son wasn't there. And it was just like, the son was like, yeah, but I'm here now. And it was just like, this is kind of Oh, I didn't catch that. I thought it was, that's that's interesting. I didn't catch that. I did, I did him say he wasn't here last time. And yeah, I thought Mike, that was because like some I'm thinking some episode of like secession, something that has to do with like him being some deadbeat or some hippie. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, I, I'm, there might be some of that behind. It just was a very awkward exchange. And the mics were too close. The mics were too hot. They should have just given them a bit more space. But it was the RBC Heritage. They had a 47 year old, you know, winner with his son on the bag. Gonna, it's right after the Masters, so they're struggling with viewership and attention to begin with. Um, so they were just kind of leaning into that one a bit too hard. Um, but you know, great win for Stuart Sink, uh, regardless, um, you know, that weird situation with them installing the Bryson net for the, for the driving range. Oh, uh, yes. And having to take that down before, well, they didn't, they kept it up despite oh, the fact yeah. that Bry- yeah, Bryson withdrew. It cost them like $20,000 or something like that to, to put up. And then the guy withdraws like three days before the tournament. Um, that was pretty great. Our, 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 uh. Our favorite Billy Horschel, um, you know, dunked one in the water on a par three, and then from the drop zone, he dunks it into the hole for the strangest par of all time. Did you see that? Yes, I did. I did. Yeah. But I don't um, really want to talk about Billy anyway. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. His recovering wife, but that's fine. Moving right along from Billy Horschel, I mean, what also stinks is, and Dan made sure to highlight is, Maddie's uh, softball team is, is the University of Florida. Ooh. Where yeah, Billy Ho, Billy, yeah, Billy Ho is unfortunately an alumnus, alumnus but um, we heard all about that also this week at the Zurich. So we'll just move right to that. The Zurich um, team event uh, alternating format. So the first day is four ball. Uh, the second day is alternating shot. Back to four ball on Friday and then alternating shot to close. Uh, I kind of hate the format because I like the team setup, but I hate the, the four ball aspect because the scores get crazy low in a four ball setup. And then on the alternating shot setup, the scores are a lot harder. So like your, your, your margin of victory is basically made only on 50% of the tournament. If that makes sense, like the, your scoring days are Thursday and Saturday. And then like, you just got to hang in there on Friday and, and oh, Sunday. The two okay. Be, yeah. I, I, I like it's I, I like the alternating shot. I like the idea of like some guy who's used to playing Titleist has paired up, you know, his teammate is a Callaway ball guy and like <laughs> now he has now he has to hit a Callaway ball and like all that stuff and like you know, it was kind of fun watching, uh, despite the fact that he might be on his way to the Corn Ferry tour. Uh, Matt Wolf spraying it like a fire hydrant in the projects on a summer day and then Morikawa having to hit these like ridiculous recovery shots if Wolf had to do the tee shot because Wolf was playing so badly. God. Uh, yeah, I mean. I feel oh, bad. I, I feel bad because I, like I said, I think I may have caused his demise. 
from my comments on the previous podcast. But at the same time, um, look, would I think any of us would have done the Morikawa? I need someone to come in to relief this guy because this guy's trash. So that was especially a joke. if there's money. But that as was... a jo- no, agreed. As a joke, I would be joking around that as well. So, so people that. Did- chat room here a buddy of mine at work uh had this ridiculous line and he actually caught me because i he knows i was watching the the pj tour live uh broadcast of it as he goes colin morikawa is calling in a rules official to see if he can change teammates mid-tournament and i sent this to the whatsapp and a couple of the guys were like holy crap is that for real because that's how bad wolf was playing um and, you know, and then the question becomes, does he need more George Gankis? Does he need less George Gankis? The swing is obviously all over the place. There's already a ton of movement to begin with. Uh, apparently, he's not in a good headspace. He, he's basically a college-age kid in the real world. The real world isn't the real world, right, because of COVID. Um, and and he is just not enjoying his profession right now, which is also still a game. Um, yeah, come that's, on, that's, relax. I know, but it's also this guy's career, and it's and it's his, uh, you know, his livelihood, and and he has had a lot of pressure um, coming up. He has been very well known, considering his swing and his, his collegiate success and his early PGA Tour success. Uh, and he is, like, we're on Ricky and Keel watch, right? Like, Ricky and Keel, Kevin Moss, like, you know, Shane Spencer sightings here of like. Did this guy just, was he a flash and he's gone? Or is he going to be able to hopefully work this out and, and be, you know, a legit PGA Tour player again? I, I, and again, I think I think at this point, he needs to take a couple take a couple tournaments off, get back into sync. You, can, you, you know what he's capable of. The man was on tour. And I don't think, that's probably something for the research. Can you see, is there a guy out there who had... An experience similar to, like you said, a Rick Ankeel, where he just forgot how to play golf. Yeah. Um, I don't know of anyone that pops into my head, but I'm also not as good as the research side. But Oh, there was a guy on the European tour. Um, oh, gosh, I got to find it now. He's really good. Uh, and uh, Matteo yeah. Manassero. There it is. It, it, Italian golfer Matteo Manassero. Uh, this, this kid is only 28 years old. Right, but he came up with his pants on. I mean, he was a stud. Uh, Twenty-eight years old. He's got four European Tour wins, two two Asian Tour wins. Um, he finished uh, his best major uh, was a T thirteen in two thousand nine. Um, he came up like as a stud, but he was a you know two thousand nine was his. You know, best finish in the Open Championship. He's 28 years old now, right? So he was, he was 19. Okay. Right. Oh, now so he's a baby. Yeah, complete baby. But he was a stud, and he actually, he was even younger. What am I gonna do the math? 28, 12. He was 16. Jesus, he was 16 when he t 13th at the Open Championship. So, um, but he like that's the thing. Like he he knew his abilities at that time, and then he started like just he hit puberty. He started growing, and had to adjust to the new body. And then he started chasing distance. And this is like the pre Bryson DeChambeau, like you know, speed cha- speed training distance, like you know, trying to get regular distance, and and lost it. And now he is kind of banging away in the European Tour. He's still a, a, a 
you know, he still holds a professional card, but like he is never lived up to kind of the the golf LeBron James status that he was supposed to be. So I'm going to throw this out there. Um, and I don't know if there's anything else you want to, but I'm going to throw this out there, that out there for this year's, this year's classic. I think we do teams instead of four ball. I okay. Think we do, so, I think we do teams, teams and then you find, uh, you try and get, well, people should post their handicaps and we have a little best, uh, basically slot them in A's and B's and, and start to do a little draft or God knows what. I like this a lot because uh, my next question was going to be, if you had, so the no laying off guys they did, um, do you want your playing partner to have the same style as you or opposite style as you? No, I need opposite. Instead of asking you that, who would be your playing partner? Oh. Your your ideal playing partner. Like professionally or? No, like amongst your friends, like, you know. No, you, I, I mean, not you, to get you sappy, to... but I'm going tandem bike. I'm going my other partner, Drew Godwin. And the reason why is the man can pummel it down into off the tee. The only thing is he has, he's still working on it. He does have a 60 degree now, but I feel as though when he's dialed in, he's that guy. And we also feed off each other. So, so you're, you're doing, so we're doing alternate shot. We're not doing four ball. Yeah. If I'm going alternate shot, I'm going, I'm going with him because he can, I can, I can, if he keeps the ball in play on the tee box, I'm great. Cause then I have a good little, uh, a little uh, chip to get onto the green. And opposite, if I can't get off the tee box, he can scramble and get the distance. Now, that could be the case with any any power hitter. Um, so you're going opposite, opposite I'm going style. Opposite. I'm going opposite and, style. And, Dil- and, and Drew is the opposite style of you, plus you guys are obviously have, uh, you know, close connection. And, exactly. You know, we have the tandem bike. We're, and you guys will ham and egg. Exactly. I mean, I would I would say the same thing if I'm thinking about it. I would say the same thing probably with Dan Henry. I would play with him because I think he actually we have the he's got the distance off the tee, but also has some pretty good uh, hybrid action and some lo- like uh, again I haven't seen him play in a while, so we'll see how that goes on soon. Um, but I might go Dan as well. There's there's a, there's a subset, but either way, the the emphasis is the fact that I need someone opposite of me. But how would the like do? You, while I agree, playing style you and Dan in a vacuum makes a lot of sense, like shockingly a lot of sense. But attitude wise, you know, temper wise, all that fun stuff. Could you guys keep it together? You think? Or I think I think Dan Dan has a history, and it's no surprise. He's, he didn't he has he talked to on the pod how he. Once threw a yes, yes, that he snapped his pitching wedge over his yeah. knee on the tenth hole at Shackamax, and, and it still rests in peace uh, over there in the bushes on the left exactly. side. Exactly, and was it was I don't think it was Dan, but was it one of your friends had a had a range finder and it was very bad and it couldn't read anything <laughs> and they threw it into the woods? But was that Dan? I don't think that was Dan. That was also Dan. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. That was also at Shack, and that was on the. I was actually technically the same woods, and that was. Uh, on the, no, I thought that was somewhere else. The eleventh, the eleventh hole. Yeah, the that wasn't the same. Would... It wasn't the same round though. It was actually no, 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 no. I wasn't there yeah. for the club. But either way, I'm going Dan because I feel like, and Dan can back me up with this. I bring somewhat of a comedic relief to the game of golf, and it's not just like I can. I I have this sense of humor that could kind of calm down his uh, anger in a sense. 
So I would I would go Dan because I think we would do well on that uh, because we do like to joke around on the golf course and I need to reel him back in if he starts to go off the rails. Maybe throw a nice little dr- joke around. Maybe talk a little gambling. Who knows? But that's what I would say. Uh, okay. I think I can. I think I can. I can work well with Dan as a teammate. Okay. Who are you um, going with, then? I would probably go with. So I think the obvious choice from from the obvious third third party choice for me that you would probably assume would be Dylan. All right. Like I tend to you know bash the ball. He is definitely more touch and feel. Um, definitely a lot more consistent. But he also, he also, hold on. He also has that, um, he has that it factor on the calming aspect. He can yes. help kind of woosaw you if you're, uh, if you're going off the rails. So that's another good thing. He does. Uh, but I'm actually going to go with Billy Mac because <laughs> Billy Mac has. So you're just going to get hammered then? No, no, no. Well, I mean, it helps. But <laughs> so Billy Mac, I, first time I ever played with Billy Mac, my first three holes were like par, par, birdie, par. And he looked at me, he's like, you are not uh, like, I don't know what was it, like a 22 at the time or something like that. He's like, you are not. I was like, dude, seriously, the wheels are about to come off. Like, this is the best four holes I've played in my life. And Entenmann's, then like. Entenmann's crumb cake. That's when it starts to. Uh, yeah. Crumble. Yeah. Then, then it starts to fall apart. But like, I tend to like, I don't get to play on his team a lot uh, because typically it's him and Taz or. Uh, him and Dylan I'd like to play around with with Billy uh, we played a lot together kind of before we started doing this regular game his game I mean he's a magician around the greens um, I think we would ham and egg really well together and he's got he's got a despite being you know the the stereotypical Irish you know let's let's booze and you know on the on the course like he definitely has that calming and like reel you back in uh, jabs at times, and it's that's not like the, that's the alcohol. Leo, that's the alcohol. Yeah, no, he he does a he does a great job, of, and it's like one of it's like more like a coaching aspect rather than like Dylan would be like more like a like a therapist aspect. Where where, where yes. Billy, Billy Billy says the right like coach's line in the moment to snap you back into place. You're just like oh, okay, here we go. I'm like all right, like. I don't know. There's something about Bill. Um, I think he'd probably be my guy. Dan would also be another good one, but he and I, we both just run too hot at the same time that uh, I think we would just, we would either annihilate any team that we played against or get annihilated by any team we played against. There's like no middle ground. Yeah. I do and like, we, I do agree. Dylan, Dylan is more of like the radio headspace kind of mentality where he mm-hmm. like will help calm you back into some, but for some, but Again, you need you need when you're off the rails, you need someone to just say, yeah. "Suck it up." You need that I'm tough kind of, love. I'm kind of like a dog, and you just gotta like jerk the jerk the leash and get him back in line. Not like walk over and pet it. Just just get me back in place. I don't know, um, but I like the idea of doing that for for our our league event. That's actually a really a really good idea. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this. You actually had a good idea. Woo! So let's call the podcast over at at twenty plus minutes. Work here is done. Yep. Uh, the Zurich uh, itself was it was pretty fun to watch the alternating shot days. Um, and the Aussies uh, walked away with it. Uh, Leachman and Cam Smith. I thought it was really cool that they did the uh, intro music. 
Yes. For the, for the weekend rounds. And uh, Leachman found a mullet song, a song about mullets. He came out with a mullet wig to match Camp Smith's. Um, I'm not sure if I have said this on the podcast or not. I definitely have said it amongst the neighborhood. So I am growing my hair out right now. I have not gotten a haircut since um, mid-December. And I'm going to keep going until I have to go back into the office, I believe. Um, and I think, and I have already, I think, I know, I have already declared to some friends, definitely the neighbors, that I am putting it, I, I am cutting it into a mullet before I let it all go. If what, like, you have to say something, like, if I shoot, if I break no, 80, just, like, or no, just in no, general? No, okay. No, that works I'm, do, I'm, I'm doing it, like, at least one week of a mullet, there will be pictures uh, at, at the end of the growth stage so once i'm all done growing it out and i'm going to take it back to the professional world i'll do one week of a mullet and then uh and then return to you know return to humanity but uh, cam smith is cam smith has inspired me um this week we have the valspar we'll get to that in a sec uh other golf news did you see this pip thing no all right so it is uh a a proposition um, from the PGA Tour. It's oh, this player- is the $40 million incentive thing? Yes, the Players Impact Program. So for those that don't know, the PGA Tour will be, will be dishing out $40 million amongst 10 players deemed to, quote, do the most to boost publicity and engagement for the PGA Tour. Right? Mm. So this is basically like... A goody bonus. Two shoes. Yeah. Yeah. No, not goody two shoes. It's like a bonus for people that are that are promoting the game through their. Yeah, but I don't think Justin Thomas saying the things that he said is going to win him uh, some money. No, but he'll he'll his the rest or of Billy Horschel's comments is going to do anything. No, no, but the rest of his like the rest of Justin Thomas's uh, platform and initiatives and everything else that he like. I'm not saying he's like you know oh because he's on a charity. It's just like. This is like how much you're on TV, you know, uh, how much you're on TV playing, how much you're on TV of commercials, uh, you know, w- what are you doing to bring people to the game? Kind of like a, a soft, like, um, like why are people buying tickets? Yeah, I was gonna say, like basically, like in the the a way to endorse. It's it's like if uh, like in the NBA, if you make the All Star game, you get money. It's their version of that. Doing, going the extra mile, going the extra mile for the for the league itself, not just for yourself. Kind of, but or, the or, your, game, or your marketers. But the All Star Game will have players that are just boring, and they're there because their stats are insane. Like yeah, but not they doing... still get money for it. They get they yeah. get a little compensation for it. Yeah, but this 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 is I mean, like for example, like you know who's probably going to be in that top ten is, is Ricky Fowler. Is he playing like All Star status golf right now? Absolutely not. But he's going to win money because, or he's going to get money from the PIP because of what he brings to the table. And I thought the no laying up guys actually did a fantastic job talking about this. Here's the, here's the, here's the comparison. All right. We're having a barbecue, right? And, and it's, it's like potluck, like bring, bring what you bring what you can to the barbecue, right? Whatever you bring, sorry, whatever is brought by everybody is fair game, right? So if we're doing a barbecue, that's like me, you, Drew and Dylan, right? And there's a rack of ribs and beer and, you know, all this other stuff, burgers, hot dogs. Like, we're all equally entitled to all of that stuff, right? Okay. Yeah, I agree. All right. So what that is, is 
that is the winnings of each PGA Tour event, right? Like everybody's coming, everyone's invited, everyone can go. And if you if you win, if you're Dustin Johnson and you win the RBC Heritage, you win $1.8 million. If you're fucking Doug Gim and you win the RBC Heritage, you get $1.8 million. Like you, everyone has the same opportunity to eat. See what I'm saying there? Yes, because that's, but that's the, that's based on performance. Yes, right, right, right. So now what this is doing on top of it, it's saying, okay, like Dustin Johnson brought like a six pack and he ate a full rack of ribs, had 12 beers and some chocolate cake, right? Uh, But Doug Gim came and like brought a bunch of stuff. Right, like, what do you bring in? Or not, not Doug Gim, for example. Like, like, let's say Ricky Fowler. Like, Ricky Fowler brought a bunch of stuff, right? Brought a cooler, brought a keg, right? He should be getting some kicked back because he brought more to the table. See what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's basically saying it's basically a way to incent, not incentivize, but award those golfers that may not win yes. the tournament, but provide viewership or anything of that nature um, to to benefit from them being at the event. Who's bringing, who's putting butts in the seats or, you know, feet on the grounds because it's, you know, PJ Tour, um, despite their performance. Lack of play. Yeah, that makes Lack sense. Of play. All right, Fowler's obviously probably the biggest, like, He's right going to get all the money. Like no, I'm saying no, no, no. Like I'm saying, it's the biggest. I would say he's probably the biggest discrepancy between like gonna be on the PIP but gonna suck ass on the FedEx Cup standings, yes. right? Because right. Whereas like somebody like JT is probably like at the like towards the top of both lists, right? Like Rory McIlroy is slipping, right? Because he's not playing well, but he should still get some cake because he brings a lot to the table. Um, like, do I, and then it's going to be weird. Like what, who's, whose behavior is going to change as a result of this? Are you going to see guys like be more prolific on social, more more commercial, prolific on social media to like, to boost their image or people will be kind of gaming the system. I mean, like, unfortunately it's kind of plays right into the hands of the villains also. Right. Like Bryson DeChambeau kind of bring, he puts butts in the seats and people, but people, see him bomb 300 yard drives and, and be a gigantic douche and throw a temper. Right. And like, I don't know. Like I would, I would say this is similar to what the MLB was trying, is trying to do with their stars, like trout. And like, yeah. you have people that are unbelievable athletes, but are not marketable or aren't doing anything. I think Mike Trout did like a subway commercial. Right. So I think, I think this is their, this is the PGA's version of trying to get, to award the individuals that are going that extra mile to build the brand of PGA. But no offense, I don't care if you suck. But as long as people come to see you, yeah. you are helping us. You are helping us, the PGA, and here's a little bit of a kickback. That's well, they basically can, what they're doing. And the thing, the reason that allows them to do this is because it's an individual sport, right? Like exactly. Mike, Trout, Mike Trout is a phenomenal player. He's arguing a bad market because he's the second team in LA and it's on the West Coast. So only about a third of the country actually watches his games. 
right? But the Angels and his career is stunk because of his team, because he's exactly. a, sub, a subject of a 25-person team. Exactly. Whereas, like, you know, Ricky Fowler is very much um, responsible or... or, he's in the, he's, or he represents his own brand. He yeah, no, but I mean... But his success is very much determined by him. Right? Him. Like, he's yeah. playing like crap. It's him versus the course. Like, he has no one to blame but himself. Whereas Mike Trout could be like, oh, like, you know, the GM did a shitty job. Like, you know, we have no starting pitching or, you know, whatever it may be. So you can do that with the PGA because it's an individual sport. There's a lot of pushback also because we were like, well, isn't this what endorsements are for? But... But endorsements are only for that. Like, I'm not... I'm not, um, I'm thinking of some, I'm not buying Skechers because Cooch is sponsored by them. But if someone's playing really well and I'm a huge fan of Cooch's game and God knows what, then I'm watching him and I'm watching his storyline. So like it kind of goes hand in hand from a brand perspective as well. But for those that have shitty brand endorsements, I'm not going to follow them uh, because of that. I might follow them really just because of the character of who they are and, how much fun they are. Like Bubba Watson might be a good one. He has a great fan following. Um, yeah, I think he might actually be one of like, like he's someone that has probably something to gain from this. Obviously, Ricky has a ton of gain from this. Yeah, Rory I think has, Ricky's Rory, number one. Rory's game right now helps him. Phil is going to have a ton of gain from this. Oh, uh, like, yeah. Right? Phil. Phil's um, going to be huge. Phil and Ricky are going to be the biggest ones, in my opinion. Honestly, like right now, the GOAT and Kepka are going to benefit because they're both injured, but they're still going to get paid by this because of what they bring to the game. Right? Like, but Tiger's, yeah, Tiger's going Tiger's to be on this list and he's going to get paid. He's not going to play for a year and change if he ever plays again, but he will get paid from this on this list because that's he, pretty like, crazy. Right? But he should because he, what he does to, 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 you know, advance. Yeah, but I'm game. not, but I'm not watching this year. A lot, I, I can bet you right now, viewership is down. Because Tiger's not playing. Yes, and that's why he won't be number one. Yeah, but he'll he'll still be in the top ten, I would bet. If he shows up to an event or God knows what, just to I mean, also like an appearance. He he still has a hand in like events as like sponsors or you know honorary sponsor. You know, what he did unfortunately right before his accident, the Genesis. Like he's still contributing a lot to the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, dude, the guy posted one tweet this or one Instagram picture this this weekend, and, and, and the whole yeah, the whole golf world exploded because just him on crutches next to this dog. It was amazing. Hopefully, he's back, and 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 you know, it, it it's we're not even considering a, a ten person uh, list for this PIP. It's just you know, who are the nine people underneath Tiger? That's what I'm hoping for. But exactly, um, I don't. We see. I will see. I thought it was pretty cool, um, and. Uh, and we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how long it lasts. Also, it might just be a, a you know a one year or two year. We'll see because the, the big thing is it, it's apparently um, a defense mechanism against the Premier Golf League that proposed like alternate golf league that was Not trying to recruit dumb. players to switch over. Yeah. So this is like this isn't Super League in, in EPL. Well, like the, <laughs> I actually think this this the alternate PGA alternate um professional golf league is more doable than the super league but i'm not going to dive into english premier league or, or europa cup stuff right now um that that was freaking ridiculous yeah um i 
think that kind of covers all the golf for the week. Um, yeah. I guess we'll, let's go to the standings. Okay, so uh, we haven't looked at it since the um, since the RBC. The RBC itself. Let's go ahead and see who did well there. Basically, guys ahead of Corey Connors did well. Guys ahead of Matt Fitzpatrick did well. Um, Seamus used Colin Morikawa. That was kind of a big use there. Uh, he won a little bit. Um, definitely seems like he had a chance uh, on Friday and kind of let it dwindle. It's, his putter kind of let him down. Um, that was probably the biggest thing to use. Webb Simpson was used. Uh, but it was kind of nobody really No, no one ran away. No one ran no one away was, from the pack. Yeah, no one really said to benefit much from that one. Uh, on the year to date, uh, the top three is the same. Stan, uh, the fantasy guru, Stan, Stan Stradamus is in first 4.26 million uh, with only eight of 12 cuts made. Wow, right in my face. Um, Downtown Anderson, the birthday boy, uh, 4.01 million in second place. Packet uh, with his brand new PXG irons. In third place, three point eight eight million. Kev Henry still sitting there at fourth, three point five six million. Billy Mack in fifth, three point five uh three point five million. Um I am sitting comfortably still in the eleventh spot. I think I've been there all season. Uh Skull in the Slice, you guys gotta pick it up, man. All right, you guys, no, we're in seventeenth. Twelve cuts made, all twelve cuts made, but uh sitting in seventeenth. We're consistency, uh, but not the right consistency. No. And then the seller dweller, uh, a new seller dweller. Like I, I thought Jake was uh, a seller, seller dweller, short-lived. Uh, he's out. He's in 28th place, so not that much better. Uh, Tom, Tommy Cargo Pants, Tommy uh, Marana is the new seller dweller uh, with $1.15 million. All right. Uh, let's go to uh, weeks, plural, of Leonard. Um, all right, the first week, uh, Hannah had her second shot. She was completely knocked out, and I had to uh, be, um, you know, mom, dad for a whole day, uh, you know, chauffeuring all the kids around. I was absolutely nuts, especially uh, on a Tuesday, which is like John's day at school. Uh, and I think it was also his picture day. Um, I would rather trade bonds um all day long than, than have to do what she did or does all day long with these kids just barking orders at me. <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, that was also the week that I had the Wednesday golf round with the Henrys and uh, Larry B, uh, Dan's father-in-law. That was a blast. Uh, we played nine holes and we proceeded to have dinner at Shack, which was very boozy. Um, <laughs> Larry B., He's a big Niners fan, uh, so he and I were talking about the draft uh, most, for the most part. I will not discuss it today because I am ready to throw up in my beer glass thinking about Mac Jones as, yeah. as a 49er. I'm hoping I'm hoping next week's podcast we, we, we can dive into it more, when, uh, and I hope you guys don't take him, but go on. Uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about it, but we'll, I'll talk about it on the next podcast. Yeah. Um, so we had a great time. We we were sitting there at dinner, and um, I wanted a dirty martini before dinner. And um, Larry B wanted one too after I ordered it. And he goes, uh, "I would like it dirty, like so dirty that I can't see through it, like dirty sock sweat." Oh, Jesus! Dirty. I was like, "Wow!" He's like, "I don't want to be able to see through through the vodka." That was um, filthy, filthy, filthy. Um, and also at one point I wanted a glass of wine and I was like, I asked the waiter, the service, the food was fantastic. The service was horrendous. 
Uh, they do not know what they're doing over there. The guy comes yeah. over. I was like, I was like, can I get a glass of uh, a glass of wine? You're like, yeah. Like, I'm like, do you have like a you know like a um, like a house cab or something like that? And he's like, cab what? I was like, you know, cab solve. And he goes, uh, let me check. And Larry B goes, you have a Cabernet Sauvignon. Just go figure it out and get away from us right now. <laughs> it was fantastic. Damn. Yeah, just annihilated the kid. Uh, but we had a great time. It was great to see Dan and Kev, uh, and we are hoping to do another round of golf with those guys soon. Uh, we also have to do our round and landing round, which uh, Dan is is asked to, to do as well. Nice. I'm down for uh, that. Um, Friday, uh, what did we do? Friday, we did my, my regular ritual with the girls at John. We did the driving range. John, hit, John and the girls hit 90 balls. I maybe get five or 10 if I'm lucky. Um, <laughs> Saturday was action-packed. We had softball and then a communion party uh, at a neighbor's house, which really just spirals into drinks in their driveway and then drinks at the Celtic Sombrero, which is uh, a bar that uh, is across the street at uh, this gay couple in the neighborhood, um, Joel and Chris. Uh, <clears throat> one's Mexican, one's Irish. Uh, they have uh, a garage bar across the street. We were there till about 1.30. And... Um, and I had to play golf the next morning, uh, kind of, early, and wake up with the kids. So that was no fun. Um, Sunday we had uh, our next match: uh, Billy and Dilly versus me and Taz. Uh, this is our opportunity to go six and zero. We were sitting at five and zero at the time. Uh, we absolutely blew it, and um, I believe we were up, up. Yeah, we were up three with three to play. Uh, we lost all three holes uh, and and coughed up our dominance with a tie. So we are now 5-0-1. Oh, uh, that was brutal. <laughs> you don't bring it to, like, the putting green to do a tiebreaker? You just go straight we were, tie? We were going to go to the first hole and play again, and, like, the tee times were definitely backed up. Um, and it was just, like... We were like, it was just like, just stop, just stop. Like, uh, this sucks. It's such a bad feeling for us to like to blow the lead the way we were. Um, but at least we didn't lose. And, you know, Dylan made sure to remind me that at the end. It's just like, you know, we're still five, five, oh, and one, not five, one, and oh. Um, so they Silver are line. still, they are still winless. Uh, we are still technically undefeated. Um, silver lining, Dylan, for sure. That was the first week. The second week, I had my second shot that knocked me out pretty good. Um, did the Hyatt uh, thing again on Friday with Billy Mack. This time I did it with his girls. Also, they came. They're like uh, high school girls, and and they're great with the, with my kids. They hit a couple of um, of the. Cl- we have women's clubs that Dylan gave us that were his moms. Uh, that'll you know someday be Maddie's. Um, Saturday softball. Uh, Sunday we had leads in the morning. Uh, fun game against Man United. A little uh, little uh, uh, draw, if you will. No, no. Yeah, nil-nil. It was a good draw. And, uh, explaining to Maddie that a draw is good was difficult. She's like, I want to win. I was like, yeah, but sometimes tie is good. No, like, these guys are first laugh. Good job, yeah, Maddie. I, yeah, I don't know. She'll, she'll understand Sunday. Um, uh, oh, actually, before so Saturday night, uh, for some fucking reason, we decided to go to Billy's after he played golf all day with Roger. Um so I got to Billy's around like nine and then around 1130, we thought it was a good idea to go to Rogers and have them do a scotch tasting. 
Um, yeah, uh, that sent us home probably around 12.45, 1 o'clock. And then, again, woke up early with the kids on, on Sunday to watch Leeds and, uh, and, and take care of them. Sunday, I played golf with uh, Dylan, uh, my buddy from work, Mike, and uh, Tom Evans. Uh, Tom, Tom was able to accomplish something I'd never seen before from the fairway on three at Shaq. He, uh, it wasn't even a slice. He just like hit it off the, off the toe and it went directly right across over the fence, across the street. And it like either hit a house or a car on the other side of Martin. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like way over there. Uh, and then Heaney on 13, uh, left his 13 is the par three that goes down the hill by, right by the entrance. Of yeah. Shaq. Yes. Uh, he leaves it right. And it's going right for the road as a car is coming down. Oh no. We thought it was going to smoke the windshield. It goes over the car and lands right on that strip of mulch and curve that's like in between the two lanes. Yeah, and that hole, I go, I, 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 I'm rarely, and I'm saying this now and I'm putting this in, into the atmosphere, um, but I'm I'm rarely right just because of that. I'm either going heavy left into the yeah. into the greenery or I'll, or I'm going over the green and then chipping back. Yeah, that was special. To land on that, I mean, that strip is like as wide as my, you know, as wide as my desk. Um, I was like, as wide as my key, my keyboard. He lands it right there and almost smokes that car that's coming in the driveway. Uh, then on 18, he hits it into uh, the fairway bunker on the left side for the island green. We're probably about 160, 165 in. Uh, he It's car path only, so his clubs are all the way on the other side. He doesn't have the right club in his hand. He's got like this hybrid. And he's just like, fuck it, I'm going for the green. He goes for it. It hits the lip in front of him of the bunker, and it shoots straight up in the air, like it hit like a Hot Wheels ramp. So it <laughs> takes off, and we're and I'm just like, wow, dude, that actually might work because like he had too much club, so this kind of deadened it and sent it in the air. And I was like, wow, this thing's gonna land like a hummingbird on the green. It still flew over the green and hit the cast iron fence. Beyond the Jesus. island green, on a yeah, you just clang. But uh, we were we were both in that bunker. Uh, he looks at me and he's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm gonna lay up to the end of the fairway and then chip on, and you know, worst case, make bogey," which is what I did. And he goes, "All right, you gotta take the hat off." I forgot that that day I was wearing my brand new no laying up hat. Uh, so I was laying I like up. That. Yeah, I was laying up with the no laying up hat, and I and I got. And I got mushed for it. So, uh, but it was a, it was a really fun round. We came back to Johnny's for one, so so Heaney and, and Evans could see the see Johnny's. They hadn't seen it before, and uh, and the week ahead, um, I am going to do another. I'm going to do 18 holes on Wednesday uh, with my friend Brian, uh, and then roll that into dinner with our wives, uh, which will be fun because we have heard so much about uh, his wife and not have not met her yet. So that'll be good. Uh, and then somebody's birthday is next oh. weekend. Oh, I don't know who that could be. Actually, I do know who it is. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. His birthday is on Sunday. So that you know who? So I you will, know who? I will take who, that to the grave. Who else's birthday? I think is also on Sunday. I think Kevin Everly's birthday is on Sunday too, from our league. Is it really? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I need to confirm that, but I feel like I was with him recently, and. I think we were talking about schedules and like, what are we going to do? I was like, well, May 2nd is my brother's birthday. And I'm Dylan and I are like 85% sure that he said my birthday's May 2nd also. So we will oh. confirm that. We will, we will confirm that after uh, this podcast gets out. 
good. But if so, if so, early belated, early not belated, early birthday to uh, to Kev. Early belated birthday. Early belated, yeah. Jeez, the, the IPA said it nicely. To Kev, Coach Ev. Um, let's go. That's that's week of Leonard. That's the weeks plural of Leonard. Weeks of Leonard. Weeks. Um, let's go right into the event this week. And the reason, the main reason why you were on, I was hoping to have Drew on too, but. The event this week is the Valspar Championship at Innisbrook Resort, the Copperhead Course. This is in Palm Harbor, Florida. Uh, my dad lived walking distance from this course uh, not uh, two years ago. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he was really close. Um, the Innisbrook Course has, what, Jay, three courses? Has four courses. Four um, courses. Yeah. Has four um, courses, an island, north, south, and then the main one, Copperhead. All right, I'll lay it out real quick. Um, the factual stuff, you can give us the inside scoop. So the factual stuff, uh, Innisbrook Resort, the Copperhead course, par 71, 7,340 yards, long known as the tour play, as a tour, a tour player's favorite. The Copperhead course at Innisbrook puts a premium on positioning off the tee and is a complete examination uh, as players uh, will attest to all season long. Um, it's tree-lined. It culminates with the, the snake pit with uh, two difficult par fours sandwiched between uh, the two. Uh, and sandwiched between them is the 215-yard par 317th. Uh, the course opened up in the early 70s. 72-hole record, VJ Singh, 266. The 18-hole record, a 61 by Patty Harrington in the first round of 2012. Uh, reigning champion, Paul Casey. Reigning champion to that, Paul Casey. Yes, Paul Casey has won this event twice in a row. It did not happen last year. So uh, he is the reigning champion for, I guess, three years now. Um, and I don't have a, a, a blurb. I'm usually able to cheat and go back and, and read my previous blurbs um, because the last time I wrote some, anything about the Valspar was our first season of the PGA, Golf, the PGA Tour or PGA Fantasy Golf when it was just me, you, uh, Drew, and Dylan when you guys were, were you know sacking up and not tandem biking together. Yes, 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 of course. The reason why I invite you in specifically for the Valspar is because you and Drew, and you guys have talked about this before, you guys do a golf trip every year to Florida. You guys play in Ashbrook. You guys play the other. Um, sorry, you play Copperhead. You play the other Ashbrook courses. Sounds like a blast. Unfortunately, it always ends up on an inopportune weekend for me. Last year, I believe it was my birthday weekend and I couldn't get away. This year, it is on my anniversary. anniversary. Yeah, which is not happening. Um, so, Jason, give us a little bit of the behind the ropes. Yes. Uh, yes of Ashbrook yes. and the Valspar. So I will say, uh, I think we brought this up on our podcast before, but as, like you mentioned, we go every year. Drew has gone, I believe, and I'm probably undercutting him by a couple years. He's gone 10 times. Uh, I've gone, you know, maybe more than 10. I've gone, uh, this would be my third or fourth time. Uh, but basically what little, it is- A little fuzzy on how many times. Yeah, yeah, which mm. which we'll dive in. So it is. it was created by a group of guys uh, probably as close to 30 years ago, maybe even 40 years ago, that basically get as many guys as possible. It's called Boys Weekend. And you get, uh, actually, it would be what, four rounds of golf at Innisbrook. Uh, sorry, six rounds of golf at Innisbrook. Uh, you, you get there, hopefully, on a Wednesday night, if not Thursday. 
Uh, you play a round Thursday afternoon. You play two rounds on Friday. You play two rounds on Saturday. Uh, one of the rounds on Saturday is a team scramble. And then you play one round to end the weekend. Uh, at Innisbrook, you also get accommodations. So you get a hotel with however many people you have, up to four. Um, and it's usually a three-bedroom spot, which is pretty nice. Uh, and then the other thing is you get breakfast and lunch included. This is something you cannot beat. I think it costs 900 bucks for all of that in. And it's unbelievable experience. You play all these rounds. You're paired with huge degenerates. I'm talking 70-year-old <laughs> men drinking vodka on the rocks at 6 a.m., smoking heaters, throwing them on the tee box. But it's all about golf. That's all it's about. And then afterwards, you end up... Uh, at usually a, a nice wing spot. Uh, we, we, we eat at the same, it's like their version of Buffalo Wild Wings, um, which is amazing. Can't go wrong. Co- college basketball, uh, college football's on during that time. And then the world is your oyster. Usually when we go there, knowing that we're the younger group, they give us the later tea time, which is a, usually at 8.30, which doesn't mean anything when you come home late. Uh, but it is... An experience. I actually sent Leo my scorecard for Copperhead. Copperhead has oh, yes. the oh, famous yes. snake pit. And uh, the first year I was there, um, again, not bad. I think it was a 102, Leo, on the card. Yep. Um, second year, good God. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. What did you do on the snake pit? Oh, um, I don't have it. Hold on. I'm looking at it. Okay, so I'm looking at the stats here. Jason went 4953. Uh, the Edisburg is a par 71, like I said, 36-35. He went 49-53. Uh, he hit two of 11 fairways. Uh, <laughs> zero greeds zero greeds in regulation. Uh, and the snake pit, he went triple, bogey, triple. <laughs> yeah. So the snake pit is uh, 16, 17, 18, right, Leo? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So so that's, uh, again, this is a PGA course. Wow, you had a birdie. You had a birdie this round. <laughs> I had a birdie on that round too, on the par three. So the good yeah. thing is uh Barstool had one of their Barstool classics there earlier this year. Not at not at Copperhead, but they played the island course, which some actually consider harder, if not equal to Copperhead. I, lo- I looked at that. There's more blue on that that yeah that course course map than there is green. It's insane. Oh, trust me. I I think I lost a sleeve of balls on the first hole by itself. Um, not knowing water on the right and then water behind the green. But um, again, it's an amazing experience. Great time, great golfing, uh, especially when you get four courses. <laughs> Sorry, laughing because I flipped to your, <laughs> your scorecard from 2019. 2019, Jason went 58-58. Consistency. Uh, the, the, the best score you had was a bogey. Um, you bogeyed that hole that you made birdie on the, the, the year before. I also uh, had two nines and a ten. Just to... you, yeah, you had a, a nine on five. Uh, you had you had a, a, a flanked set of snowmen on the front. Um, you had a ten on eleven. You had a nine on fourteen, and your triple bogey triple of twenty eighteen during the Snake Pit was then topped by a <laughs> a quad double. Bogey, actually, you bogeyed the 18th. Yeah, um, I went. Uh, I had. I actually shot the same <laughs> cumulative score on Snake Pit, 18 strokes, when it should only be uh, yeah. 11. So yeah. So yeah, last so, year, that, that 2019 so you, was Mr. Consistency. Was fi- 
That was 58-58. Yeah. For a 116. I want to say I was either obliterated, hungover, or I will say the other thing about it is that year I just did not bring any of my golf game. Um, the what the way that it works is you put your three t- you you put your first three rounds on a board in front of everyone, and usually every year it's the best golfer, the best eight golfers are the captains, and they pick their foursome for the scramble. That year it was the worst eight golfers, and of course. I was a captain that year uh, because I, I'm pretty sure that was a year that every round I played, I was 114, 116, 116. I was atrocious. Um, but but as I tell Drew, you don't go there for the golf. You go there for the experience. So he, that's what so, it was all about. So, so you guys were quite the bookends of a lab experiment because that same round that you uh, were weekend at burning yourself around the course – uh, Drew shot 47-43 and went quasi-unconscious on the back nine. Uh, he started the back nine par, par, par. He doubled the 13th, made par on the 14th, and then I think he just lost the stamina, went double, double, par, bogey to close it out. Um, but, but you know, I, I'm seeing a lot of, of uh, you know, no squares, which is nice on Drew's card. Drew no, nah, you 90. need the squares. You need the squares. Drew shot a 90 when you shot a 116. Yeah, so, the squares uh, gave you character. Hey, but I, <laughs> and at that time, Drew got a new set of irons, so he was feeling himself. I was still using old tech, and I'm still using old tech. I'm using a driver pre- Well, you have new Tiger irons. Woods scandals. Now I have new irons. So that's I didn't have them in 2019, though. So that's yeah, why that's this time when I go back, it's personal. So, so we'll see how it goes. But I will say, great experience. I will probably wear my Innisbrook hat because they also give you a $25 gift card for the pro shop that day. Great experience. You walk in. The first thing you see at the tee box is a picture of last year's winner, which this year, they did, that year on 19, they didn't have to change because it was Casey Casey. Um, and it's just, it's a great, great uh, environment. Everyone takes a photo near that at the start of the snake pit with the uh, with the logo. So uh, if anyone is interested, by the way, they're willing, they're trying to get people to go. So reach out to Slice, reach out, reach out to me, reach out to Skull. Uh, we can we can get you guys on the listserv to see. Uh, if, anybody want, if anybody wants to wear a Leo bodysuit for the weekend and stay here with Hannah while I go, uh, let me know. I'd, I'd love to be able to go this year, but anniversary weekend, uh, birthday weekend, I could probably pull off nowadays. Um, anniversary weekend, not so much. Not these days. So, I mean, I think you broke it down, uh, at least for the tournament. Um, I broke down Innisbrook, which, again, people, it, it's Tampa. So, let's be honest. That's what you're going for. Um, is there – I'm trying to think. I want to talk what, about – I want to add a layer here, right? We talked about adding a layer from a, from a betting aspect. Ooh, yes. How does it look? Who should so, – who, who, who are our favorites? Who are our sleepers? You know, who, who are we going to drop some doll hair, some shekels, some fun coupons on uh, this week? Great, great point. So the favorite going in is JT at uh, basically. He's playing? Yes. Right now he is because he's still listed and they haven't taken him down. So JT is playing. He's at 900 to 1. Uh, okay. And then you also have uh, Dustin Johnson, who's at a, what? basically he's 1100 playing? to 1. Yeah. So you got 11 to 1, 9 to 1 odds on those two. Con- then it kind of drops off. You have Connors, Reed, Casey, all at 21 to 1. Um, 
Hovland up there, twenty-one to one. I'm gonna go with my young, team. young, young Hove, Victor Hovland, young Hovland. Yeah, I love, young, I love how he's young Hove. He, I'm, I'm saying this, and I, I truly believe it. Jim Furyk has the PGA Tour record with a fifty-eight. I believe Victor Hovland is gonna be the first player to shoot a fifty-seven on tour. Wow, he's got that type of firepower. Just saying, throwing it out there. If it cashes in, tabs for life. Jason, you have just been volunteered to buy me alcohol for the rest of my life. If Victor Hovland is fifty-seven, but uh, that's I'll get I'll get someone else to pick up that tab. But yeah, I mean it's it's interesting that JT and DJ are both playing. Um, I yeah. thought DJ would not be wanting to go down there. Um, I don't know why, uh, but I mean if you're looking at v- value, I don't. Again, it's pretty wide open. It's very wide open for the most part. But with JT and DJ at nine to one and eleven to one, uh, should be interesting. I will say Connors surprises me a little bit as your next best favorite um, after the two of them. So it's again, a huge, it's a huge, huge drop though. It goes from like t- DJ ten to one, and then Corey Connors all the way at twenty to one. Patrick Reed twenty to one. It's just like where's that middle? Yeah, I guess there's it- no middle. There's no middle tier. They they're basically telling you and. That's why there's value in that middle pack because I don't think, and I'm probably going to shoot myself in the foot by saying this, I don't think DJ wins. I don't think JT wins. So from that, from that, you're getting money if you bet any of those four 21 to 1 odds guys. There's Connors, some, Reed, Casey, Hobbs. There's some fun big numbers further down. Like Max Homa, 66 to 1. Yeah, Kevin Kip, Kip. Na, 60 to 1. Kisner sixty six to one, Sam Burns seventy to one. Taylor I'm pretty Gooch. sure not, did not win once at Valspar. I thought Ooh. either he won one or he. Here I'll find out. I don't think so. Uh, no, he was a runner up. Sorry, in 2014, so okay. it's a little old. But again, he's he's been playing pretty decent. Don't see why sixty to one won't be a little tickle. Phil um, Mickelson a hundred to one. Cameron Champ a hundred to one. Yeah, God, so if, there's if, there's some if Cameron there's some Champ could just putt, man. If he could just putt, he'd be so good. Isn't he? Just, he's a biracial angel, right? Yeah, yes, yes, beautiful. Bubba Watson forty to one. Justin Rose, Team Rose forty to one. Um, yeah, no, there's there's. I mean, Terrell Hatton's twenty eight to one. Like, yeah, I'm telling. There's some there's some decent value out there. It's just. When when the back to back runner up, I mean the back to back winner is at twenty one to one. You're I'm that's very horse, interested. That's horses for courses. Exactly at twenty one to one. That's I mean, not fact, that bad. Yeah, but the fact that he's tw- I mean the only reason why he's twenty one to one is because DJ and JT are playing this one. They usually don't like you. He'd be he'd be better. But like also to put Paul Casey's game like throw him throw him up in the air. Uh, and and you're not looking at the the course that's below you. Like, would I take Paul Casey right now on a like if you were to spin a wheel on what course you're gonna play, Paul Casey or Victor Hovland? I would definitely take Victor Hovland, right? Paul Casey or Terrell Hatton, I would take Terrell Hatton. But because he plays this place so well, um, exactly. That's that, but I'm saying for a guy who's back to back at 21 to one, that's pretty decent odds. Yeah. Um, so I think it'll be interesting. I will say, um, he 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 even as a back-to-back champion has value at twenty-one to one. That's mm-hmm. that's basically it. 
Um, it is a small purse, six point nine million, one point two four to the winner. Um, so again, it's it, we're not we're not at the big money yet, but for anyone in the middle of the pack, like like Dan said previously, you need to pick winners, and this will at least help with a one point two million purse. Yeah, top tens and winners, um, and. I mean, we haven't had a win. When was the last time somebody in our league picked a winner? Uh, Hackett had one. He uh, he had close to back-to-backs at one point. Because nobody, nobody picked Stuart Sink. Nobody picked Hideki Matsuyama. Um, oh, it was the it was the Jordan Spieth win at uh, the Bolero. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else before we sign off from Leonard's Laser Show? No, I mean, uh, again, glad to be on. Glad to talk a little uh, Innisbrook Copperhead action. Uh, glad I was able to show my amazing scores. Of let's just go with the 102. When you can shoot a 102 and birdie at a t- at a at a PGA course, that's a good day. The 116, not so much. Not so uh, much. But it's uh, it's always good to to join, and and I'll see you actually on Sunday as we sh- as we hit the links. Yep, birthday round. Um. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, thank you again uh, for sharing your in-depth knowledge. I hope to Sunday join you on this trip. It just will not be in 2021. Um, I definitely want uh, I want in on this. Um, otherwise, guys, get your picks in. I know it's going to feel a little weird since we haven't done it in a couple weeks. I'll send the reminders out per usual. Um, Jason, thank you again. And everybody, pick them pure.